Are you a woman over the age of 35? If so, I need you to listen up. When I was in perimenopause, I was struggling with mood swings, hot flashes, and acne. When my symptoms began, I wished I had one place to answer all of my questions. And I want you to have what wasn't available to me, Morphus. Morphus is a company started by two women who are in perimenopause and menopause that just want to help other women in this phase of life. They have a podcast, Menopause Reimagined. They have a website, We Are Morphous, with amazing products that provide relief. If you are struggling with any of the over 102 possible symptoms, yes, I said 102 symptoms, then please check them out. You are not alone in this. Visit wearemorphous.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-M-O-R-P-H-U-S.com. Does your dog do? Well, today, answering this question is a fantastic pet trendologist, Charlotte Reed. She's also here to talk about Westminster Kennel Club. Now, this little history was established in 1877. It's America's oldest nonprofit organization dedicated to the sport of dogs. The club hosts the iconic Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, the second longest continuously held sporting event in the U.S. and since 1948, the longest nationally televised live dog shows. You're here to answer our questions about the judging, about the new breed in the AKC this year, how many dog breeds will be in the show, and much more. Charlotte Reed is a leading pet trend and lifestyle expert. Millions have had the opportunity to watch her on Better TV, CNN, Comedy Central, Nate Berkus, The View, and many more. Charlotte is the executive producer and host of The Pet Buzz, a syndicated pet talk radio show airing throughout the United States. Charlotte is also the author of The Miss Fido Manor's Complete Book of Dog Etiquette. Currently, she is writing her second book about pets and money. All right. Does your dog do? My dog does when I'm in the bathroom, throw himself against the door (laughs) to come and watch me sit on the toilet. How's that for (laughs) honesty? And the thing is he won't jump on. Well, that one, the one dog I'm thinking of Wally, who's the smallest, hurl himself against the door. You know, when you're living alone and there are no kids, you don't always close the door. But most of the time I close the door because you want a little privacy. So Wally will hurl himself against the door and then he'll walk into the bathroom and then sit on the mat and then just fall asleep. Whereas if Hammy comes in, then Churchill comes in, he'll do the same thing. But if Hammy comes in, he wants to jump on you while you're sitting on the toilet. So that's what my dogs do. Well, three out of four of them enjoy being with me so much. They want me, they want to see what's going on in the bathroom. Now, the first question that I ask every guest is when did your love of dogs begin? Oh, my do- my love of dogs began really soon after I was born, believe it or not. Um, my brother who is now deceased decided that he wanted to give me a doggy present. So he brought home a dog a few days after I came home from the hospital. Oh, wow. So my mother wasn't thrilled because my mother had me when she was close to 50. She was had two kids in college and she had my brother and it was, you know, the 60s. uh, And he was definitely a child of the 60s. And then she had also uh, another 17 year old, 17 and 19 year old at home. So there was a lot going on. And to think about having a baby and now a dog was just <laughs> insane. But my parents always liked dogs, so it wasn't really a problem. And actually, uh, the first dog, Friskers, was a Border Collie mix. 
And he probably passed away when I was about 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So he had a very long life. He probably, yeah, he he had a long life. He probably died. He was probably about 12 and a half when he passed on. My first pooch. Oh, do you have a dog currently? I do. I have four dogs. I have English toy spaniels. Um, During COVID, I lost a few dogs and my cat. Mm. Um, You know, most people think of me as a dog lover, but I also am a cat lover as well. So um, I lost my 15-year-old Thames. I lost my golden retriever, Hannah, who was probably about 13 years old. And then I lost my beloved Ty, who was for many, many years, my TV dog. So uh, I have a... So I have Morrow and he is, I actually, I had a friend who was, uh, who showed Pekingese's and um, she showed English toy spaniels and Morrow is about 15 now. He's blind. So he has special needs. Um, and I really, every day, his big enjoyment is to go outside and go for a walk. So I try to take him out two or three times a day um, because if not, he would just go from bed to bed to bed. And, you know, this way he gets to see the sights and the sounds um, and then I have um, Wally and Churchill. They're about nine months apart. Um, I love my dog breeder and I try to visit her at least every year in Pittsburgh. And I went to go. Um, she called me about six years ago and she said, I finally have a red, uh, a, a, you know, a red English toy spaniel for you. Um, basically, you have uh, an English toy spaniel. You have broken colors which is the Prince Charles, um, which is a tricolor dog. And then you have the black and tan. And then you have the solid, I'm sorry, you have the, um, what am I saying? You have the Blenheim, which is the broken colors. And then you have the tricolors. So um, then you have, uh, so, which is nice. I have all four. So then I have Wally, like I said. So I went to go visit the breeder and pick up Wally. And as I was bathing him to put him in the Sherpa bag, you know, then we're going to leave for the airport. She said, oh, it's a two for one day. And I go, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, go and pick one of those tricolor puppies. So I came home with two puppies. And then about a year and a half ago, um, yeah, I got Churchill. Um, So, yeah, so... Morrow is kind of the end, the oldest dog is kind of the end of this river series because I had a tie, a roan, a Thames, you know, so, um, so Morrow is the last one. And then all the dogs now are named after very famous English statesmen. Oh. So um, Wally is actually named after Cardinal Wally, uh, Wolsey. Uh, Cardinal Wolsey was the chancellor for Henry VIII, and he actually built Hampton Court. He was beheaded because he could not get Henry VIII a divorce. Oh, wow. So what's interesting is, um, so Wally is red, as I said. So his show name is um, Backroads. That's the kennel name, Rise to Prominence. And then we have Hammy, Hammy Jones, we like to call him. Hammy is named after Francis Walsingham. And Francis Walsingham is known as the father of spycraft. He was the right-handed person for Queen Elizabeth. Um, So he was, you know, a minister. He was you know, in the church as a Protestant very early on. And during uh, Bloody Mary's reign, the first daughter of Henry VIII, um, they tried to wipe out all of the Protestants. So he fled to France and he was brought back by Queen Elizabeth and he was her right hand until the day he died. So he was also responsible, and a lot of people don't know this, he was responsible for the demise of Mary de Guise. And Mary de Guise was the mother um, of Mary, Queen of Scots. She ran Scotland until uh, Mary came and took over the throne. And then we know about Mary, Queen of Scots' demise with her cousin, Queen Elizabeth. So, um, and then Churchill, we know who he's named after. Right. 
So, um, and Churchill lived at Blenheim Manor and Churchill is a Blenheim, which is a red and white dog. Come here, Churchill. Come, come see Oh, Lisa. I want to see. Come puppy, come. Come puppy, come. Here we go. <laughs> Here's Churchill. <gasps> Let me see. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So he's my friskiest little pooch. No, he looks like a, a Charles. What are those cavalier? King? They actually come in the same four colors. Except they're smaller. And I, I know it might be difficult to see, but he is a snub nose. So he's brachyphacillic dog. So, yeah. So so people always, if they're not familiar, because the breed really hasn't been popular um, since the war, since the 1930s. Um, and the war, World War One and World War Two, obviously in England, people were not... Um, really paying attention to breeding dogs because obviously the war um, and it was difficult to feed dogs when rations were, um, you know, limited. Um, so, so yeah, so that's it. And also um, Churchill, um, Winston Churchill was born at Blenheim Manor. That's his family home. So, um, and really they started coming into this country because of the dollar brides. And if you remember Downton Abbey. Yes. Love it. The Countess um, was an American. She was a dollar bride. So we started seeing, um, the dollar brides bringing them back because they were a toy dog. They were sweet, you know, with the very popular peak. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but the Pekingese is the, really the starting base for a lot of the smaller breed dogs, which a, a lot of people don't really know. That's why a lot of them have that snub nose, like the Shih Tzu and, um, some of the other dogs. And then, there was, I'll tell you my last history fact. Um, <laughs> there was a man, um, I don't remember his name for the time being, it's not coming to me, but there's a man on the Titanic who survived who used to breed English toy spaniels as well as French bulldogs. He was responsible for bringing the French bulldog to this country. Now, I don't, there were nine dogs on the Titanic. I don't, I'm sure he had dogs with him. I don't think any of the dogs survived, but he in fact did survive. He managed to get to one of the boats um, and he was based in Riverdale, New York. People like to say Riverdale, but it's the Bronx. So there's an area in the Bronx, Riverdale, which is beautiful. And the Kennedys lived there once. Oh my God. This is so fascinating. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people don't realize, and I'm going to say this because this is this weekend coming up is a historic weekend. Um, the Kentucky Derby runs tomorrow. It's 149 years. Um, the race, because it's not a day, it's a race. The Kentucky Derby is a race at Churchill Downs. Um, and the Westminster Kennel Club is also starting on Saturday. Let's jump into Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. How did the show get its name? Well, it's really funny. There's a group of fairly wealthy sporting gentlemen um, who lived in Long Island and around New York. Um, who used to show their dogs um, and go out to Babylon, Long Island and hunt a little bit. And they would go back into New York City and they would go to the Westminster Hotel, which was on Irving Place uh, in Gramercy Park, and then sit around and brag. And at the time, they decided to get involved in the Philadelphia, the Kennel Club um, dog club of the, the Philadelphia Kennel Club, excuse me, decided to do an exhibition and dog show in 1876. And these, these guys decided to go to Philadelphia and help out. And after they went and they saw all of the crowds of people, I mean, remember there was not television, there was not social media. So these big sporting events like the Olympics, as we know, a lot of those events have kind of gone down in terms of viewership, but these events were so spectacular people decided to come. 
And Westminster said, hey, well, we can do that in New York City. And then in 1877, they had their first show. Um, and uh, it in- incorporated so many, you know, um, over the years, so many celebrities and political figures. I'll give you an example. The Tsar of Russia submitted a dog. Oh, wow. So imagine the dog coming over on a boat, on a train, getting here. Um, you had, you know, we had our first woman judge and uh, in the 30s. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy when you think about those things. We had um, demonstrations by um, the police. The ASPCA was involved um, in Westminster. Um, for those folks who, um, you know, don't, are, are, are more animal rights issues. Right. You know, um, so they have to realize this is really a celebration of dogs. Um, and yeah, so it's it's lovely to see all of the breeds. Um, Westminster is extremely special because a lot of people don't realize this. Westminster predates the AKC. Oh, wow. I didn't know so that. a lot of those founding members or members of the Westminster, what at the time it was called the Westminster Breeding Association and then became the Westminster Kennel Club. Um, you know, they were, a lot of them were breeding horses and dogs. Um, but yeah, so the show is iconic in that sense. I mean, some people say it's the Super Bowl of dogs and, you know, the only thing that's comparable is Crufts in the UK, their, their annual dog show. Right. Now, how does the judging work at the WKC show? Well, that's a great question. And a lot of people don't realize that. So, um, and also they watch television at night. So there's three levels of judging. The first level is the breed competition. I think there's probably like 192 dogs being shown this year, something along those lines. The AKC has 200 registered breeds. Um, there's, and there's also varieties, breeds and varieties. So there's 212 breeds and varieties. So what I mean by a variety is when you look at, for example, the English toy spaniel or the dachshund, you have smooth coat, rough coat, um, and wire coat. So that's a variety. Um, same thing with poodles. You have toy, mini, and standard. So that's a variety. All shown. Um, so that's the breed competition. And then also on the first day, you have three, four sets of do- three uh the four groupings of dogs, and we'll go into that in a minute. And then on the second day, when we have best in show, we have three. There's seven groups of dogs that are broken down. So at the breed competition, depending on the group that the dog is in, overall group, that will go on. And that's what's seen at on television at night. Ah, okay. Okay, so then from breed, you have group, which we see at night. And then on Tuesday night, the last competition is best in show. And you know, people sit with their golden retriever. I say the golden because the golden or the Labrador are very popular um, breeds of dog. Um, the Labrador up until this past year was 31, the number one AKC registered dog up until this year. Um, so you sit with your pocket and you don't understand why didn't the golden win? The golden was so beautiful. But what happens with the dog show is the judges are actually comparing each individual dog to the breed standard which is set forth by the AKC. So whatever dog looks the best or is just like the breed standard, and that can be the gait. Some dogs kind of 
kind of gallop, sometimes kind of walk slow, they're or big bone. So the judge, that's why the judge looks at the teeth. Some dogs can have, you know, missing teeth or crooked mouth, but that's okay because that's part of the standard. So if you have a dog that you love, go and look up the AKC.org, American Kennel Club org website, so you can see your breed standard. And that can even be ear set, eye set. So that's what the judge is looking for. They are judging those dogs compared to the breed standard. And of course, some dogs have a bad day. Yeah, that is true. Now, what is a new AKC breed being shown? Oh, well, that's really interesting. The AKC breed being shown, the 200th registered dog is the Bracco Italiano. And this is a gun dog. It's slow moving. It has a big head. Um, it's probably dates back to, they think the fourth or fifth century AD, but some people even think it's earlier. It was very fashionable dog uh, up until the late 1800s, where a lot of the English um, were going to Italy and bringing the English pointer and the English setter in. So during the late 1800s and early 1900s, we saw a lot of mixing. It was very difficult to find a pure Bracco Italiano. Um, they're definitely a dog that likes to work the field. Um, and they weren't so much of a gun dog as they were a sporting dog in the sense where they would go out in the field, find the dogs, and then the Italians would throw nets over the quail. That's how they would capture the quail. So it is a very nice dog. It's very comical. Um, and it's a beautiful dog. It's definitely a dog that loves a family. It's not an apartment dog. It needs to have a lot of exercise. So look out for that uh, breed of dog at the 147th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Now, you mentioned that there's 200 breeds, right, in mm -hmm. the show. Is that correct? I think there's about two, I think there's about about 200. So there's a few breeds that aren't represented. I think there are dogs from about 48 states as well. Mm. Um, and then, of course, there are dogs that come from all over the world. Um, and I'm sure we'll see dogs from Italy. I'm, I'm sure we'll see dogs um, from Malaysia. Um, one year, actually, when King, the Wire Fox Terrier, won a few years ago um, with Gabriel Wrangle. Gabriel is tied with Peter Green for winning the dog show three times, um, coming out, pulling out best in show with his dogs. Um, so Gabriel um, originally came from Mexico. The dog was bred in Brazil and now lives in the U.S. So one of the things I asked Gabriel when I interviewed him, I said, is the dog trilingual? <laughs> Does it speak Spanish, Portuguese, and English? And he said, I real, I think so. I think so. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that. Now, what is the largest breed entry? Well, believe it or not, it's one of our favorites. It's the Golden Retriever. There are 51 Golden Retrievers entered this year. Oh, my god! I know. Can you imagine all that hair, all those dogs <laughs> lined up, all those sweet faces, you know? <laughs> Well, if people who listen to the show know that my heart goes to the pities. I have the sweetest blue nose pit. All he wants to do is cuddle. He's just an angel. And then I have a lovely lab as well. And uh, more of a white lab than yellow, actually. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we got him from the shelter. I don't know what his deal is. But he's su he's got kind of coarse, fluffy hair on his back. Mm -hmm. So we're always wondering if there's something else in there. But, oh, my God, the shedding. I feel like I live with 51 labs. I mean, I vacuum three times a day. <laughs> Well, there's two things. Um, obviously, American Staffordshire Terriers are being shown at the show, which Good. is that's always a nice thing to see. Um, 
And, you know, we see stories about the breed that are not always the best stories, but they're great companions. Um, You know, a lot of it has to do with good, finding a good breeder, but it also has to do how you train and treat your dog. So the environment matters. You know, dogs are such great family members and they're not to be stuck in our houses all day urinating and pee and pooping on pee pads or just going in the yard. They need to get out and they need to move around. And a lot of these dogs, a lot of people don't realize these dogs belong to owners who love them. And when they're not showing a lot of times, whether they're with a handler or they go back home or a breeder owner handler, they're sitting on the couch, just like Churchill here. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, what's so great about seeing all these great dogs. Yeah, I'm super excited. Now, in the evening at the show on both Monday and Tuesday night, the breed winners are shown in groups, right? Like you were saying. And then how many dog groups are there? Yeah. There's seven. So you have um, terrier, toy, sporting, non-sporting, working, hound, and herding. Okay. All right. So blue is it would be, so the Staffordshire's are terriers, right? Yeah. And then the, my lab would be in the sporting dog. Right. What's an example of a non-sporting dog? Um, a French bulldog. Okay, they are so cute, and they're the now they're the number one AKC registered dog. I was about to ask about that. You know, it's funny. Um, every you see them on telephone cases, on socks, and clothing, and sheets. Um, but then you also hear about the horrible kidnapping. And I, I don't necessarily, really? I mean, Lady Gaga's situation was the people who stole her dog didn't know they were Lady Gaga's dogs. They just stole the dogs. There are cases all over this country. And I actually wrote an article about dog napping. Oh, and because wow. it's so prevalent with the French bulldog, um, you know, I offered some tips. And one of the things I'll tell people is, and I was guilty of it until I actually thought about it. Um, and one of the reasons it was really concerning for me was I walk my dogs at five o'clock in the morning and I had to stop doing it for a variety of reasons. One, I'm walking four dogs. Um, and what if someone pulled up against me and said, pulled out a gun and in a lot of cases, whether it's in a, a rural, I mean, a suburban or a city area, it's happened. Um, I'm not going to be able to jump in the car and save the dogs. And if someone has a gun pointed in my face, I'm going to have to give them my dogs. Oh, so I stopped terrible. walking them early in the morning. Um, and also there's a few loose dogs, a, a couple in my neighborhood decided to open the gate and let their dog out, run around the neighborhood. So, um, it's hard when you're walking four dogs in the morning to deal with any oh yeah craziness, of you know? course. um, but yeah, it's something, and, and, and I'm glad that I brought this up because whether it's dog napping and, you know, obviously, um, I did a show on the French bulldog and that was, I had a security expert come and talk about what you would do in those particular cases. But you also have to realize that you have to, when you decide that you want to breed and everyone finds a dog, they fall in love with it, whether it's at this show or another AKC registered dog, or you see a picture or a movie or something you have to, before you buy a dog, I always tell people it's really important to understand what are the significant health problems of that particular dog? Um, so for with the, I mean, the French bulldog, as cute as they are, have a myriad of health problems. You know, they have, um, they're bred, a lot of people have done extreme breeding. So you have that nose really flat and that face flat. Right. They, a lot of them have breeding problems, skin problems, um, spine problems. 
Um, they do not take the heat well. So you're not going to give that dog a lot of exercise. Um, as the hot weather, you know, we get into the summer, out of the spring and into the summer season. So, I mean, even the Bronco um, has, has kidney problems. Mm. And it's funny when I was interviewing the president of the Bronco Italiano club, turns out she works, uh, she's a veterinarian at the university of Florida. And a lot of her research in the last few years have involved the Bronco Italiano. Um, but at any dog, you know, like um, for example, with Rottweilers, um, there was a study done at the Royal College of Veterinary Medicine in the UK, and uh, they just did a study on um, uh, ACL, you know, right. uh, and it turns out the Rottweiler, the Bichon are prime candidates in the UK for having ACL surgery, which is, you know, we're talking anywhere from eight to $10,000. Yeah. Blue had to have both of his done, which was interesting. And he, Blue also, as a pity, he's got skin issues. He's got allergies. Mm-hmm. He gets ear infections all the time. And then Benji, now that he's nine, he has terrible arthritis as a lab. Sure. And that's why it's important to keep, you know, talk to your vet about weight um, and make sure your dog is staying as slender without being emaciated as possible. Because, you know, overweight dogs suffer from joint problems. Um, They suffer from diabetes, respiratory problems. Um, and it's really hard. You know, we love, I always say we love our dogs to death. We want to keep giving them treats. So I think that is so important. Now, Charlotte, don't you have a book? I do. I have the Miss, actually, believe it or not, it's here. I have the Miss Fido Manners Complete Book of Dog Etiquette. Um, actually, um, I wrote this book um, because when I wrote the book, there, it was a time when people started doing all these fashion shows and taking their dogs traveling. Um, the misconception is that people started taking, traveling with their dog in the last 15 to 20 years. That's not true. Um, think about one of our favorite movies, which is murder on the Orient express. Do you remember that movie, Lisa? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And the princess Dragomirov. I remember seeing her in her glory and she had her and Helga, her housekeeper held up those two Pekingese. Yeah. So, um, and then the other thing that I always remind people of, I'm going to say about 12 years ago, actually even longer, probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, Louis Vuitton came out with, uh, recreated or remanufactured their famous dog bag. And people were buying it in droves. They couldn't keep it in stock. But when they got the bag, they'd show it off. But the problem is that bag was so heavy to carry your toy dog in. And what they didn't realize, that bag was originally created for train and ship travel. Uh-huh. Okay. So the bag is kind of bulky and has a handle. It, it's really hard to maneuver it with a strap. Uh, in some cases, it can be way more than your dog. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's just, it's one of the things that you always, that we need to think about, you know, so like how, if we, why we buy the dogs that we do. I mean, for me, I have toy dogs now. I've always had big dogs, but when I started really working in television, um, I needed a dog that could be washed in a hotel bathroom. Right. And didn't need a lot of fancy grooming. And it just so happened there was a mo- uh, magazine called Dog and Kennel. It was the last issue of the dog, and there was a Blenheim English toy. And I was in the I was thinking about getting a Papillon, and then you know, with its great ears and you see them, the small dogs always competing in agility, the Papillons. And then I saw this breed and I was like, that's the breed for me. Right. Now, do you have to worry about the problems? Because isn't their nose a bit smushed up too? There is. Um, so I 
what I do is I walk, generally I walk my dogs three times a day. I mean, coming from New York city, now I live in Florida, but, um, so I, I walk them early in the morning. Like I, this morning I walked them probably around six o'clock when it's still cool. Um, and then I try to walk them before 10 again. And then I walk them in the evening, probably around seven. And then, you know, during the rest of the day, cause I work from home, they go in the yard. All right. What, are, what are their personalities like? It's funny because a friend of mine once said to me, those English toys have no personality. They have plenty of personality. (laughs) They're just kind of laid back. Um, They're really a one, they're a one person dog. They're kind of, you know, it's funny. I just did, um, I was just writing something for an article about cat breeds and I was writing on the Scottish fold and and I wrote um, something along the lines of, it's a great cat, but even if it's, it's fine for a busy household, but and they're, they're loyal to one person. And that's probably why Taylor Swift likes them so much. <laughs> um, so they're, they're loyal. They're easy. They're easy to take care of them. And you could wash the dog in a bathtub. Um, you have to pay attention to the folds in their skin and around their eyes um, and clean their ears because any dog that has a, a folded ear you have to clean them a lot. Okay. But they're easy to take care of and they will watch you at a distance. Like I, I mean, I remember having my golden cockers. I'd be, you know, sitting on the couch or working and they'd be lying on my feet right up against me. You know, they'll, they'll just look at you from afar, see what's, they'll follow you into the next room. They'll follow you into the bathroom, but they're just kind of like, Hey, they're highly intelligent. Um, and they're easy to deal with there. It might not be a, breed for a house with a lot of young boys who are running around. Um, they're, I'm not saying they're a delicate dog, but they are to a certain extent. Um, and when I go to bed at night, it, there's at least two English toys in the bed. Oh, that's nice. Um, sometimes um, Hammy, who's not a big cuddler, he will sleep in the bedroom. Occasionally he might jump up on the bed for like 10 minutes. Um, but he's not like, he'll cuddle with me. He's you know, it's just interesting. I mean, Churchill in some ways changed the dynamic because he's very active. He's a puppy. He loves everybody. I loves um, all the dogs here. So um, he kind of inspired Hammy and Wally to play. They're not really necessarily big players. You need to have a group of them all running right. around, jumping on each other. But um, it's a quiet dog. I'm not, I'm not a person who wants a barking dog. So even though I have a toy dog, I'd never have a Yorkie because oh, they're okay. barkers. Um, you know, Hannah, my golden, would bark if somebody rang the doorbell or she heard something outside. I like a quiet house. That is nice. That's just me. Charlotte, I would love for you to come back. I want to read your book because I read all the books cover to cover so we can have Do you have really my book? I thought you- I, thought we- I don't actually. Uh, I, I will make sure you- um, you get one. Nice. Charlotte, tell us about your nationally syndicated radio show, The Pet Buzz. That's so sure. cool. It's a labor of love. It's the it's the measuring line of my week. Um, I've been very fortunate that when I did the radio show, which and then in turn becomes a podcast, it airs, depending on local markets, anywhere from Friday to Tuesday, which means I really have to plan, you know, like we did our Kentucky Derby show the week before last, our Westminster show will air this weekend. Cause I always have to think about that in terms of when people get the information. And then we put our podcast on Monday. Um, 
You know, I like to say, which is very unusual, that anyone from the ages of 12 to 75 can enjoy the show. Um, We cover pet health and wellness, obviously. We cover trends. We talk about pet products. Uh, We have a few celebrities on the show and politicians as well, whether they're talking about dog law. Um, We really try to get the creme de la creme of people all over the world. Oh, that's awesome. Um, So I'll give you an example. Um, There is a guy named Greg Larson. He's at Oxford. And he's really responsible for a movement that's going on right now, which is all over the world. It's looking at it's looking at early man through their dogs. So um, and it's, you know, for example, maybe in the last two or three years, there were some uh, in Arizona. They found bones of a dog. Um, And of course, with ancient DNA techniques, they believe that um, people came across the Bering Straits into the Americas at a certain time. Well, the bones predate that time. So now they know that people were here earlier. There's another gal at University of Copenhagen. Uh, Her name is Tatiana uh, Fuenberg. And she did research on a community in Siberia. And it turns out we know that a lot of the Siberian culture was isolated. Um, A lot of the DNA is continuous in all of the folks. But what they found was, and they thought those communities were really isolated. So when they dug up bones of dogs, all of a sudden they were like, say what? Because some of the dogs they found were not what you picture your big, you know, hairy Alaskan Malamute types or Siberian wolf types. They found that some of these dogs look like dogs at the time that were in Eastern and Western Europe. So they started to think that these dogs, that those cultures were actually coming south, trading, and actually took dogs back with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, this movement's going on with people all over the world. Um, and there, there are other things that we like to talk about. Like, um, for example, you know, we talk about, um, you know, how, and it can be something political, like in the sense where, you know, when you look at countries like North and South Korea, you look at Russia and specifically Chernobyl, how certain the gray wolf is coming back to that area since Chernobyl, you know, there are a few people obviously who have worked on the, um, the reactor there, but how certain species are coming back. Um, Like the gray wolf is coming back to that area, the vegetation, the flora and the fauna between North and South Korea, that 50 mile border. So we talk about bees um, and how they, you know, how they relate to the food supply. I mean, without bees, we wouldn't have less food. So yeah, we try to make it, you know, it's primarily dogs and cats, Lee, Lisa, but um, we talk about other things just in terms of, you know, and we'll talk about like, you know, popular dog names. I mean, we'll talk about books. Um, so, um, we don't talk about books enough, but that's why you're here. Yes. I was about to say, this is good. That's why it's like, listen to both of us. Yeah. At one time I did a a blog on, on, on books. Um, but have you ever interviewed Rita Mae Brown? No, I would love to. You, you should try to interview because she's got some great books. There's always a dog in her murder mysteries or it's, it's always, it's always great. I mean, there's some really great books out there. I mean, you know, it's it's unfortunate that dog publishing is not what it was 20 years ago. Um, but there are some, it's still nice to hold a book. Yeah, I love know, it. And smell a book. Yes. Um, 
You know what? One book that I think you need to get, it is the Westminster Kennel Club, The Dog Show, 125 Years of Westminster. Definitely. You can still buy this book. It's by William Stifle. He's passed on now. Um, it has gotten some lovely pictures and invitations and tells you about the history and dog show posters. And what's nice about this book is um, this book inspired me to collect Westminster memorabilia. Oh, nice. So I, one of, um, one of the great pieces, I actually have this in the past, I guess, six, six or so months, I collected two early letters, um, from the early 1900s, um, written on Westminster stationery. I have, I actually probably about six months ago, I scored a newspaper, just, I just have the newspaper clipping a review of the first dog show. Um, so I primarily collect from 1877 to probably about 41. Uh, I have a few things from the 60s. Um, one of the things that I love is um, McCall's fabric patterns, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I sew. remember those. Yeah, my mom had, used to sew. Right, right. So there was Betsy McCall went to the dog show. So Betsy McCall, obviously McCall fabrics patterns. Um, they did a series of wooden dolls. And they did paper cutout dolls. And I have actually both. And that's one of my favorite things. Because a lot of the stuff is very male-oriented. But the Betsy McCall stuff, it's this little girl. And she's showing dogs. And um, so you, the paper cutouts, you can actually cut the outfits out and put, put them on her. Um, and she's got a leash and her little dog. And then um, the wooden dolls, she's dressed. So those are two of my favorite things. But a lot of the um, early um, covers in... Um, Harper and various magazines that are obviously no longer published, I actually have. So people are always surprised because they don't, there's not a lot of stuff, um, but there's enough. It, so I, every so often I start looking, I have a few dealers um, who find, who will find things for me and, you know, call me and say, Hey, I have this. Are you interested? And actually it's funny. I just started collecting a few Philadelphia Kettle Club things and, um, which is really interesting is their early pendant um, has an English bulldog and a borzoi. And um, I was talking to the president of the club and you know, the dog show that runs during Thanksgiving. Um, the in-house announcer is the president of the club, Wayne Ferguson. And um, so I said, Hey, I got this. It was, it was broken. It was actually, I thought it was a pin and somebody had turned it into a pin because they had put brass on the back, but the pin was gone, but it turned out it was a pendant. Oh. So I had found another one. Um, I had asked somebody if they had the person I bought it from, I said, do you have another one? She goes, no, but I know somebody who does have one. So I bought it in March. It still hasn't come. It got lost in the post office somewhere, but uh, hopefully that it'll show up and we'll find it. But that's a pendant that I'll actually wear around my neck. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Charlotte, you have so much great information. I'm excited to read your book and have you back. So this weekend, we can watch? Sure, you could start watching um on you could start watching today. There's the Masters Agility. Um Westminster will have dock diving over the weekend. Oh, uh nice. Dr. Pole is going to be there. And then Monday and Tuesday, they will have confirmation and that's what we see at night. But if you have a specific breed that you love, you could go to the Westminster kennel club.org site. You can find out when your breed is showing and you can watch live. And then after they will post the videos. 
Um, the night coverage is going to be on Fox Sports 1 as well as one and two. So the best thing to get all your information is just go to westminsterkennelclub.org um, and check everything out. Actually, the show starts tomorrow and it's the 6th, the 7th, the 8th and the 9th. Oh, so fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. And I'm, I'm hoping, um, and like I said, it's, you know, it's funny, but um Westminster this year will be at the U S tennis center. And it's not too late. People can still buy tickets if they want to go to the show. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. I'll be leaving the Derby, uh, leaving Kentucky on Sunday morning, believe it or not, I couldn't get a flight back to New York. So I'm going to drive, uh, Sunday morning to, uh, the Cincinnati airport, which is in Hebron, Kentucky, and then fly across the country to New York for the dog show. So like I said, it's going to be an iconic weekend for me. Uh, I'm putting all my purple outfits together. <laughs> uh, I will be wearing green for the Derby. And actually, I'm doing something a little different. I will be wearing a jumpsuit and not a dress. Okay. Oh, I like jumpsuits. Yeah, I do too. So I have a nice green, you know, summer, spring green. And um, my Christine just has three hats for me. And I haven't decided which one to pick. So I'll... I'll get that. I'll get that on Saturday. <laughs> That's so fun. Well, Charlotte, give us your website. Sure. Um, people can go to the petbuzz.com. They can listen to the show. Um, but most importantly, they can listen on their favorite streaming channel, um, which is, you know, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, um, SoundCloud. Um, so, yeah. And we've got this this week we have um, Gail Miller, who's the director of communications, and the host. Um, David Helming, who's the show chair. Um, we have um, a man, Dr. Amanda Inman, who is the president of the Bracco Italiano Club. And we also have um, Gina DiNardo, who's the executive secretary of the American Kennel Club. Wow. Uh, and she talks about finding the dogs of your dream. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, oh gosh, I think it'll I, be cool. I love that. Charlotte, I'm so excited for you. You're going to have such a fun weekend. Are you going to post some of your pictures from your exciting weekend? I'm going to post my pictures. Good. Um, I'm going to uh, do some live um, Facebook lives from the show. Um, you know, I, especially um, seeing the new venue. And actually, I have a great guest I'm taking with me. One of uh, my favorite guests who does the show. Um, on a regular basis is Dr. Tina Wismer, and she's the medical director for the ASPCA Poison Control Center. So she's going to come with me. And I found out recently that she shows Borzois oh, or okay. Russian wolfhounds. So I'm excited. Tina and I will, we actually made plans to meet up at the airport on Sunday and then we'll um, enjoy the show together. So it'll be great. Oh, well, I'm so glad you came on. This was so much fun. I can't wait to have you back. You know, you're always welcome here on Dog Eared. And everybody, follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter to see my good boys past and present. And while you're here, check out Health Power. Keep coming back. Thanks so much.